Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Hustle Like Hannah, your how-to guide on turning your creative side into a business opportunity. Morning Hustlers, happy Monday, I hope you're doing okay, I hope you're staying safe and I hope you're staying sane during these wild times that we are living in right now. I don't know about you but every day feels like Groundhog Day and as much as I like a bit of routine in my life and it's helped me get back to doing some healthy habits that I lost along the way. I'm just sick of it now. I think we all are, aren't we? And I just can't wait for the end to show itself and we can start to put this all behind us and leave it where it belongs, which is firmly in the past. In other news, because I know I have a lot of American listeners, obviously you had the inauguration of Joe Biden last week, which split opinion of course like politics always does but I think for those who really strive for progression it was a real win because obviously when Obama was president he was the first African-American president of the United States so that was a real jump forward and then when Trump got elected obviously many people were happy that's why he won because they voted for him but others saw it as a real step back. So now that Joe Biden is in office, obviously the vice president is Kamala Harris. And it's like a bit of a double whammy, really, because not only is she the first female vice president, which is great, she's also the first African-American and Asian-American vice president. So, yeah, big win for progression there. Hopefully they serve the country well. And I guess we'll see what happens in four years time at the next election. But reining it back into this country, I am attending the virtual Podcasting for Business Awards ceremony tomorrow night. So those of you that follow my social media pages, you'll have seen me talking about this sort of during the new year period. I did enter the show into a couple of categories, but I didn't get shortlisted. So I know I'm not going to win those, but I'm not too disheartened. I mean, the show's only been going, well, less than a year and... It's still quite small and there's always next time, so we'll see. But obviously there's the Listener's Choice Award still up for grabs and I know loads of you got in touch to say that you'd voted and I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure it's going to be a fun night and if nothing else, it gives me an excuse to just dress nice, put a bit of makeup on and have some fun, I guess. So yeah. Uh, We'll see how that goes. I'll let you know how it went in next week's episode. But let's turn our attention to the real reason why you're all tuning in today. So on today's show, I'm joined by Kyle Lehman from Detached Media. Now, Kyle has been an avid lover of filmmaking since the age of 11, and he continued to pursue his passion by studying media at college. After dabbling in some low-budget music videos for local bands and doing some fun personal projects on the side, Kyle developed his editing skills and has now been focusing on growing his freelance video editing business over the last 12 months. He's got plenty of stories and tips for us, so let's crack on. Hi Kyle, how are you doing? Hey Hannah, I'm very well, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. So I've given the listeners obviously a brief introduction to you and your hobby to business. So why don't you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and about what it is that you do? Of course, it was very flattering to hear that actually. (laughs) Okay, great. So uh, I work as a freelance editor 
a little bit of shooting stuff myself as well, but obviously um, with with the recent times, that's been a bit more tricky. Um, so it just sort of, it, everything kind of flowed naturally into working online freelance. I got started years and years and years and years ago. As a child, we used to uh, like sort of weekends and, and after school, me and my friends would mess around with video cameras and would make sort of stupid skits and I don't know if you're familiar with like CKY or Jackass. Uh, that's that's probably where like most people my age found the love for for making videos. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it sort of went from there. Then we hit like the smosh era of YouTube, maybe sort of twelve years ago. Uh, and me and my friends started making short movies for that, uh, which are embarrassingly still on the internet. But it's <laughs> it's really nice to sort of go back and watch them every now and then to uh, to sort of reference how far things have come. <laughs> And then, as you said, I started dabbling with sort of really low budget music videos, uh, which sort of combined my love of music and uh, media. That, it didn't go very well, I'll be honest, but um, uh, yeah, it just sort of, uh, it, it trailed off for, for a little while there. Um, I moved more into focusing on music and then I forget exactly when, but my parents bought a camera that was pretty good. Uh, and I borrowed it for a weekend to go and film a little tour that my band was doing at the time. And like from that, it just totally uh, reignited my love for, for making videos and editing videos. And it all just kind of snowballed a little bit, really. Sorry, I, I, <laughs> I could go into so much detail. No, no it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, so uh, a couple of music videos in, I started to build a really small, quite terrible portfolio, which somehow managed to sort of find me a few new clients. Uh, we were we were sort of quite familiar with local music scenes and just sort of bands that we played with. So it's quite easy to market to a bunch of people who were technically our friends. Uh, they all just wanted some sort of cheap MySpace music videos uh, and just, just sort of honed it really, just got a little better each time and and got to the point where I could actually ask for, for sort of 30, 40 pounds for three days work and five days editing, which isn't the greatest wage, but it's a, it's a pretty good way to start out. And then um, I, I hit this huge wall where I just started to get a pretty good trickle of, of videos coming in. And then me and my girlfriend were robbed. Uh, somebody broke into our house and stole all of my camera equipment. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, that was that was rough. I mean, this I mean, this is it's years ago. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> but at the time, uh, obviously, as a struggling, I, f I think I was working in in bars and and playing very sort of empty gigs and not making a lot of money. So it kind of it put a nail on the head for 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 some time. So again, then I sort of fell back out of it, and uh, maybe maybe a year or two after that. I just decided to go all in and bought a whole new setup and, and focused really hard on it. And, and this time it all sort of planned out really well. Uh, by this stage, I'd, I'd learned a whole new sort of skill set in terms of editing and, and the professionalism of the final product. And I managed to, to build up a really sort of quite good portfolio this time. And, and then, yeah, the rest was sort of history, I guess. Uh, just started upgrading the equipment, finding new clients, um, expanding online. And then we hit a pandemic. <laughs> so, I mean, who, who saw that one coming, right? <laughs> so it, initially, we, we were pretty devastated because me, me and a friend, Jay, we'd started uh, working under the guise of House Creative and we, we'd been filming music videos and we'd been booking weddings in and started to film some weddings and, and we'd started to get a little bit of traction in finding these, these gigs. 
Uh, and as soon as that started, it just seemed to stop because everybody then had to cancel events. So yeah, it was a bit of a roller coaster at the time, and uh, and we, we really weren't sure what we were going to do with it. And that was when I just made the decision to move online and start doing some freelance editing because we were sat in our houses with nothing to do for for weeks and weeks on end. Um, and it just it just so happened that the, the timing of it was perfect because all of a sudden every business nationwide and well I guess worldwide almost had to move their companies online and when you're a company that needs to work online you need content online and if if you've not got that skill set within the business you have to then find a third party who does uh, and that's where I, I stepped in and it all just sort of fell into place really nicely so it, it, it's a bit of a bumpy road but a, a pretty happy ending and uh, that's where we're at right now really. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but in a way it's been quite organically grown at the same time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's totally organic. Um, I've, I've recent, I mean, a big, a big sort of roadblock for me early on was my lack of business knowledge because I've never needed to have business knowledge. And then all of a sudden when you're trying to market yourself and a skill that you want to charge money for to people that you've never met before, you have to sort of learn that very quickly. Um, and learn learn how people tick and and how to advertise your your product to them. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So we're gonna go back to sort of the beginning of your hobby to business journey. So we're gonna rewind a little bit. So what was it that actually made you decide that you wanted this to be more than just a hobby and you actually wanted to make a career out of it? Uh, great question. I think it was because it's just something that I've always done. Um, and I found myself sat there just like, right, I've got this, I've got this ability and I've got this skill set that I've, I've been working on for a long time. And I'm just, I just wasn't really, I mean, I was doing the odd bit and bob here and there, a lot of stuff just for myself to sort of be creative. And then, I mean, I, I don't just want to say it's all about the money, but that's obviously a huge, a huge part of why anybody does anything is to earn a living. Right. Um, so I just I just figured, like, if I've got this skill set and, and there are people out there that are willing to pay for it, it makes total sense for me to focus on that and, and try and build it. Right. Yeah, definitely. So flip side of that, was there anything that was putting you off actually turning it into a career? Was there anything that was making you think? well no I'll, I'll just keep this for myself just to have a bit of fun oh for sure yeah huge amounts um I mean first and foremost it's such an oversaturated field uh in freelancing especially online I mean all you have to do is is go on google or go on fiverr or one of the sort of various freelancing outlets on the internet uh, and just search for a video editor and the sheer number of people that will pop up in a list and like existing portfolios and review bases where people have hundreds of five-star reviews. And it's like, so what, what makes me think that I can jump in and, and take part of this market for myself when uh, I've, I've got absolutely nothing, nothing to show for it. Um, so I think that that was a huge initial uh, roadblock again for, for me, not having that basis to, to work from to begin with. Yeah. So was there anything in particular that you did to help you overcome that roadblock? Because obviously you have got past it and you are now making your mark on the uh, freelance editing world. So was there anything that you did or told yourself that helped you get past this little initial roadblock? Yes. So I think, uh, and, and I'm, I'm no expert by any means, I don't want to pretend that I am, but 
I think this is something that you could apply to any self-employed business is that I break everything down into phases, right? Um, so you've got what I call the beginning phase, you've then got what I call the internship phase, and then you've got the business phase. So to me, the beginning phase is just starting out and you've got absolutely nothing to show for yourself. How do you then get to the point where you've got a portfolio to earn money with and to advertise yourself to potential customers with? Um, so for me, the beginning phase is you just go all out. You don't expect any payment for the work that you're putting in and you just take anything and everything that you can get. So, so for me, I advertised, I think I was, I was charging what ended up being the equivalent of about £5 per hour to just take any job that anybody needed, just totally undercut the market. If somebody out there doesn't particularly care about who's doing the job for them, they just need a video making I was just like, I'll do it, me, <laughs> I'll take this one. And through that, I managed to get four or five, six, seven jobs coming through that were just the most random projects from, uh, I mean, I couldn't have even predicted or guessed the sort of jobs that I'd have been doing, but it was work and it was work that when finished, I could make sure that I did to a, a super professional standard and then could use to advertise to the slightly more expensive jobs which I call the internship phase. Now, obviously, if you're working an internship in any company, you're working a lot of hours for not a huge amount of money, um, but you are you are getting paid and it is, uh, it's fairly sustained. So that would be the next phase where you've got enough of these really cheap or free jobs that you've done to advertise to slightly bigger clients who have a little bit more of a budget, but you can still, you can still undercut the market a little. You can be like, look, this is the work that I can do. I'm not going to ask for a lot of money, but... I'll, I'll take the job. So that's what I was doing for, for a little while. And then at that stage, you've probably got 30, 40 projects under your belt. At that point, you've got a really diverse, hopefully professional and good looking portfolio. And that's when you can start to sort of approach larger customers. You can start to charge more money and to, to earn the worth that you're actually putting in. It's at that point where you can move into the the business phase where it is just a business and you've, you've done the legwork and you've got the reviews and you've got the portfolio and then you're officially just integrated into this like homogenous crazy list of editors and of freelance workers that are all competing for the same jobs. Yeah. I was going to say that's a it's actually a good sort of process to keep in mind like you say for anybody who's in any kind of self-employed work because like you say everybody's got to start somewhere, haven't they? Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the problem is because it's so it's so um, oversaturated, there will almost always be somebody who's willing to do it for less money than you. <laughs> yeah, and there's always someone who's, you know, got a bigger reputation or someone who's more well-known or whatever. So, yeah, there's constant competition. For sure, yeah. Cool. So now we're going to think about your whole journey so far. So from the minute you started your business to where you are right now, what would you say has been your biggest success and or the thing that you're most proud of? Okay, um, I personally say my biggest success was the relationship I've built with a lot of my early clients when I was in the, uh, the uh, internship phase and the starting phase. They're still working with me today, but they're paying me actual money to do the work. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to 
obviously the, 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 the work you do for them is a huge part of, of the business relationship, but so much more of it is in the personality and in the interactions you have with the client on email or on the phone or on Zoom to the point where I probably consider quite a few of my regular clients to be good friends at this point. And as such, they then sort of told other people about me and, and it all sort of snowballs. So I think one of the things I'm most proud of would be the, the regular client base that I've accrued in the space of, of, of last November until now. It's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, a, it's sort of almost unbelievable because before I'd started with any of this, the idea of advertising to somebody who lives in a totally different country to me, who I've never met, who I've not got any mutual friends with, it just seemed like it, it just seemed unattainable. It was like an impossible feat. But now uh, it, it, it's just it's just simple, good conversation and and people skills, I guess, to, to sort of build those trusting relationships with people to the point where they're willing to work with you long term. Yeah, I think it's good as well, because obviously some businesses or some people starting out will just think they won't necessarily think of that side of it. They'll just think, right, who's going to give me money? Where can I get money from? But I think it is important to have, like you say, your regular customers and your loyal customers, because obviously, like you said, if they keep coming back and coming to you for work, then in a way it's like you've got that almost sort of constant stream of revenue, which obviously is a bonus on top of having these good relationships. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there are obviously potentially millions of, of clients that you could get, but if everybody does one job with you, that list of people is finite and at some point it will run out. So if you're not, if it's again, the same with anything, the same with a restaurant, the same with an insurance company, the same with an artist. If you only sell to one person once, you will run out of people to sell to. If you can, if you can get to the phase where you have regular customers, you have people who come back because they like the work you do or they like your personality. At that point, you're securing yourself a future of, of income, which is the driving force of any business, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like they say, um, you buy from people, you don't necessarily buy from a business. Yes. Yeah, I think that's something I'd, I'd wholeheartedly endorse. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So flip side of that, because obviously, well, you've told us briefly about obviously some challenges that you've had to overcome along the way. But what would you say, if you can pinpoint one, has been your biggest challenge or obstacle that you've had to face within your business? Okay, I think a couple of them jumped to mind. Um, one of them less specific is that at the start, when when I was just sort of cracking on with things and, and, and making making a footing in it, I was having to work a lot more elsewhere. Um, so obviously, I had my I had my day job and and my interests and and little sort of side hustles that I'd been I'd been trying out, and to then be able to put in the hours that you need at the start phase to sort of build up your original portfolio review base and client base, it's a lot of work. Um, it's like coming in from work at ten o'clock at night and working till four o'clock in the morning to then get up at eight to sort of go crack on with another job and then. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like a pretty it's hard. It's it's tough. I won't I won't sort of sugarcoat the fact that it is super tough, um, and that's something that I've I've told quite a few people who've approached me for advice on on getting started. Is you just have to be willing to to put in the hours at the start and hustle and and just not not focus too much on wanting to 
see the end goal just to work, work, work and crack on with it and, and to make most of all the time you have at the start and to be consistent enough to, to get the repeat custom, that's hard as hell. Like that's not an easy feat. Especially if you if you've got personal relationships to sort of maintain and you've got hobbies and you've got interests and and you want to watch House on Haunted Hill or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of stuff at the time that you sort of have to sacrifice to to get going. So that'd be a less specific one. I think like if I was to pinpoint a really big hurdle, it's actually very recently. I was doing a big render for one of my my clients over in America. And it was, he was launching an online course. So like the material that we'd been building together was super important. And it was all to sort of launch this big course that he'd been advertising for weeks. And the day that he needed this introduction video, I was doing the final render after we'd made a few tweaks for it. And my computer burnt out. It just turned off halfway through. I had maybe an hour left on this like four and a half hour render and it just died. There was, there was nothing there. So I just went into panic mode. I was like trying everything I could. I took it to bits. I was, I, I blew all the dust out. I cleaned all the components and, and nothing worked. So like luckily I had it on my side that, it, that I think he was five or six hours behind us in terms of time difference. So like I had this clock that just started ticking down. <laughs> So I was, I was ringing computer shops and um, I was I was just looking for sort of mobile computer repairmen to come out and take a look. And just no nobody was free. None of the shops were open. Uh, and luckily, I have a friend who he's he's an absolute legend. He's um, I'm not going to name him because he did it in. I think he did it on build time and he wasn't supposed to. So, <laughs> but um, he, he offered me to come around to his house and he did everything he could to fix my computer there and then. Uh, unfortunately, it was it it just it just couldn't happen. But he was so so kind enough to lend me a spare PC that he had, and he managed to sort of input all my hard drives and and all the bits that I needed to sort of seamlessly just switch it on and continue working. So he essentially just he just saved what felt like my life. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it isn't that dramatic, but I almost had to tell like one of my most loyal clients that he had to delay his launch of his online course because. Of a, of a technical issue right and that's the absolute last thing that I'd ever want to do so yeah so did you manage to get it all sent to your client and everything go ahead as, as scheduled yeah yeah it came in real clutch <laughs> I mean the computer the computer he lent me is like it's good enough for sure it's it's a bit of a, a bit of a slog to to get through a heavy edit um <laughs> but I've ordered a new one now so hopefully in, in a couple of weeks time I'll I'll be back up and running at full capacity so Oh, that's good. Yeah, hopefully no more uh, dramas like that then. <laughs> it's so true, though, no, where you look back and you think, actually, you know, there are far bigger problems in life. But at the time, it it's like, no, this is the one thing I need to go right. Why are you going wrong right now? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it always I mean, at the time, it seemed like the worst thing that could have ever happened to me in existence. But I mean, it, it, that's being very dramatic. It, it wasn't quite that bad. But <laughs> luckily, we uh, we managed to we managed to get through it. So. Oh, well, that's good. At least you didn't have to let your client down. That's the main thing. No, for sure. That's all. I mean, any any freelancer should should have that as the very last thing they ever want to do. Yeah, definitely. So now that you've shared with us, the thing that you're most proud of and a couple of your what would you what you would label as biggest obstacles what would you say for anybody who's thinking of becoming their own boss or 
turning their hobby into their own business. What would you say are some pros and cons to not only being your own boss, but being your own boss when it comes to creative industries? Uh, great question. So I'd say one of the most immediate cons, let's start with the bad and we'll, we'll finish on the good. One of the most immediate cons is what we sort of briefly touched on earlier is that you're going to have to put a lot of hours into it, at least to begin with. Um, you can you can obviously ease off on that as, as things start to progress, but initially the workload is is massive, and that's just that's just how it is. Uh, I assume it's going to be the same again in any any industry where you're trying to build something. I mean, hopefully though, if if it's something you're passionate about, those hours aren't spent regretting the fact that you're doing it. It should be something that you enjoy, right? So, and then again, the most immediate con, sorry, the most immediate pro to me would be the sense of you've created something yourself that people are interested in. So that's something just to feel really proud of is that it's it's easy enough to go out there and, and apply for a job and, and have somebody pay you to do what they want you to do. And you're just doing you're just doing work to sort of please somebody else. Whereas when you build something yourself and it's something you've created and it's something you're passionate about and something you've worked on, as soon as as soon as you realize people are paying you for that, it's the most amazing feeling. It's like you've you've done that off your own back and I, I assume that again can be applied to a lot of different businesses another really good pro is that whilst you've obviously got to answer to your clients it's not like there's somebody sat above you telling you that you have to do this and you have to do that so just sort of being your own boss uh, is a, it sounds uh, really cliched it's it's a really good feeling yeah and like you said um, if if say like one week I don't know like say if you don't see your family very often and then this one particular week your family are like well obviously not really in the last year but prior to that <laughs> if they were like oh we're gonna come and visit you for a couple of days it's like okay nine times out of ten you can be like right okay I'll reorder my working time and then I can have those two days off without having to like you know book holiday days off at work albeit you don't get holiday pay when you're self-employed but you can you can be a lot more flexible with your hours can't you yeah, so you've sort of actually there, you've just given um, the dichotomy of, of working for yourself. It's because it's really great that you don't have to ask permission to take a day off. But at the same time, you haven't then got that holiday hours, that holiday pay to fall back on. So it's it's good and it's bad and it's sort of in equal measures because you can you can make the decision to, to hustle for a week and get ahead, which is uh, I've had to do that quite recently for my birthday, my partner's birthday, um, just to have a few days off you have to put in a few extra hours a day just to get on top of your normal schedule. So then you've got those few days to relax, but then not having to ask somebody permission to take those few days is a really nice sort of counterbalance to that. <laughs> Definitely. Would you say that the, uh, the pros outweigh the cons when it comes to being your own boss? Oh, 10,000 times over. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't trade it. <laughs> I would agree. So obviously because you've turned your initial hobby into a business do you still actually make videos and edit videos just for fun for yourself or have you picked up any new hobbies along the way that you just do as hobbies uh definitely there's been a drop off um before i started working full-time in this i used to sort of dabble with with like fun stupid youtube videos and stuff like me and my girlfriend would like make game videos and stuff uh but that that was uh, more of just sort of a creative outlet that was because i enjoyed i enjoyed the process of creating a video start to finish and so even if I wasn't being paid to do it, I'd, I'd still be doing it, right? Um, 
But unfortunately, that is that is something that's it's just I don't have time for it anymore uh, at the moment, at least. Yeah. So have you picked up any new hobbies sort of since you've been working more full time with your business? Um, yes and no. no. I wouldn't specifically say hobbies, but I've been watching a lot more content on on how to sort of build a business and how to market yourself. Um, so I'd say I'd say sort of reading marketing books and and doing sort of small short online marketing courses and stuff. I don't know if that's that's considered a hobby, but it's it's a very useful a very useful pastime if nothing else. I suppose it is kind of like a hobby because at the end of the day, you're not getting paid for your time to sit and read these books or you know do these courses or whatever. It just so happens that it's you almost kind of being resourceful. So I guess it kind of counts as. A useful hobby. I think that's a uh, that's a fair assessment of it. And sure, it doesn't pay, it doesn't pay you as such, but like the dividends that you earn from it, sort of when you when you implement the stuff that you've learned, it in a way totally does pay because like I mean just just from a couple of the books that I've read or listened to, as soon as I've implemented the teaching points of them, like the next week's earnings will be exponential compared to, to before you were implementing some of these things. So it's it's this sort of weird, interesting technically you're not earning physical cash from doing these courses or reading these books but you are because you apply them yeah definitely okay so now we've got to the part of the chat where i'm going to ask you to put your advice cap on so for anybody who's listening who is thinking of taking a walk down the path that you and i have both taken and they're sitting there thinking well, I have this hobby and I know how I could make money from it. So I want to turn it into a business or even just like a little side hustle. What would you say are your three top tips? Ooh, okay. Um, so first and foremost, it w- my top tip would be to make sure you can do what you're offering to a good enough standard that the average person can't do it. Because that's the key. Like people are only going to pay you to do something if you are good enough at doing it. And it sounds quite harsh to say that if you're not good enough, it isn't going to work out. But there are just so many people out there that are offering that service that you just need to be good at it. There's no there's no sort of back end around that. There's a certain amount of the whole fake it till you make it attitude. It won't work. Trust me. <laughs> I've tried things that I shouldn't have tried and they don't pay off. It's a short term measure, isn't it? That one. For sure. Yeah. Maybe maybe it'll work for you in, in the first couple of weeks. But long term, it just it just doesn't pay off. Um, so yeah, that, tip number one would just be to make sure that you are adequately skilled in what you want to achieve, right? So tip number two would be to put 90% of your 100% focus into your approachability, into your personality and into your ethics and how you speak to people because your first port of contact with somebody is just going to be a wall of text on a screen. And if you're just typing like a robot, if you're just typing like everybody else, nobody's going to pay any attention to it. You'll just get lost in this ocean of, of applications and, and job adverts. Uh, so if you just, just be yourself, be super, super friendly, be understanding, be patient. There, there, there are a million and one clients who don't really know what they want. And it's so frustrating sometimes for somebody to email you with a job that just doesn't give you the information you need you need to not be frustrated <laughs> or at least at, at least in the response just be friendly just be understanding 
um, just show compassion because that's the sort of thing that people are then going to book you for. And then, uh, and it's it's this one piece of advice that I heard in a book and I've applied to absolutely everything I've ever done. And that is under promise and over deliver. So if somebody gives you a job and you say, okay, I need this amount of time to do it. This is how much it's going to cost. They agree to it. That's great. You've got the job. What you need to do is then try and deliver that project early or try and finesse it with a little something extra that you hadn't already included in the price that you charged them. And then I, um, I think uh, they call it surprise and delight. Um, it's then they get back a project early, which is already fantastic. And they're super pleased they weren't expecting it. So they're surprised and delighted by that. Then they watch the project and maybe you've added a little extra that you wouldn't normally have done for that price band. All of a sudden they've then had this project delivered, they're so happy with it, it's turned up early and then all of a sudden you've got yourself a client for life. And if you can just sort of deliver on that every single time, that's how you build up your regular client base. And that's something that I just read to myself every single day, every time a job pops up, just under promise, over deliver. It's so important. <laughs> I like that little uh, that little tagline. It's good. I'll uh, I'll definitely keep that in mind when I get new customers and that in my business. So yeah, for sure. Honestly, implement under promise over deliver. It'll change your life. <laughs> it's it's the one. <laughs> but if ever you need to write a book or anything, that's what you can call it. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Maybe if we get to the ever get to the point of like an autobiography, that'll be what I call it. <laughs> cool. So we're at the final part of this chat now. So I'm gonna throw this completely back over to you so this is your opportunity to do a little bit of a shameless plug for yourself and your business so you know tell the listeners where they can find you if you've got any offers coming up or just basically anything you want to brag about or tell the listeners about now's your opportunity so take it away amazing thank you so my name is kyle lehman i operate as an online freelance editor uh, we also do videography me and my friend jay unfortunately there's not a lot of that we can do right now um, the best way to reach me would be at my email address, which is detached media, that's D-E-T-A-C-H-E-D, media, M-E-D-I-A, at gmail.com. We are working on getting a, uh, <laughs> we are working on getting an at detachedmedia.com, but we're not quite there yet. Any job that you have that requires video editing, that requires uh, animated titles, anything for your online business, send me an email, we can talk about it. Um, if you uh, operate through Fiverr, you can find me on there. That's where a lot of my initial leads come from. Just search Kyle Lehman. And other than that, if you have a wedding coming up this year, when they finally allow us to go back outside and, and be in groups, uh, send us an email. Um, we, can, we can come out and film your wedding for you. We can do photography for it. Uh, any events, any gigs, if you want a music video. Just a, a big old general, if you need media, come and give us a shout. We'll, we'll sort you out. Perfect. So are you sort of quite mobile in terms of the areas where you work or do you work in like a specific geographical area or regional area, I guess you would say? No, we're, we're pretty, uh, we're pretty, pretty willing to travel. We've done music videos on like the, the west coast of Wales and we've, we've been all the way down south. And I mean, this is this is something that I'm really excited for, actually, that I haven't spoke about is that some of these clients that I've been working with online as of airports and things and, and national travel being normal again i'm being flown out to, to the states to go and work with a bunch of them it's just a case of when they were allowed to do it so we're sort of waiting on that but yeah honestly um anywhere 
Um, we do we do charge travel fees if it's a significant drive. Obviously, we we do have to pay petrol and and sometimes we have to stay in hotels. So that does come on top of the price of the job, but we're we're always willing to travel. Cool. So for anybody who's interested, I have posted all the relevant links and information in the episode description. So it's super easy to find. Well, thank you so much, Kyle, for coming and chatting with me today. I hope you've enjoyed it. No, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been really good. It's actually, it's super nice to be on the other side of one of these for once, because normally I'm editing podcasts for other people. So it's, it's kind of nice to, to be the voice on it as opposed to the guy that's cutting out all the ums and ahs, which I'm afraid you're going to have to do this time. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a problem. Don't worry. So before we end the conversation, is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners on? So obviously... At the time that this comes out, it's Monday morning. You know, I like to leave the listeners feeling motivated for the week ahead. Is there any, you know, funny stories or little golden nuggets or quotes or just anything that you'd like to leave the listeners on? So I think one of one of the main things that I, I'd say is as a piece of advice would be to stick out the course at the beginning because it, it can start off so slow and so unproductive and you feel so unmotivated and you can get people trying to scam you or you can get people who want work and then try to ask for a refund or as, as soon as something like that happens, you just feel like quitting. And I've just got a really good example of, of why that isn't something you should do. Because I have a really, really good friend of mine. Um, when I'd started out and found like a small amount of success as an online editor, he, he joined the, the platform and he was doing it too. Um, and I think two weeks in, all he'd had was like spam and scam and just just very little productivity and very few jobs coming through that were worth his time. And he, he just gave up on it and he, he deleted the app and, and sort of washed his hands of it. And then we had a, we had a discussion about it maybe a few days later um, and we just spoke about pushing through that initial sort of starting phase and just how, how so worth it is when you get past that phase. And he jumped back onto the platform and he did that. And I think he's now earning the equivalent of about £3,000 a month, like six months later. That's good money for, for six months of, of building up an online freelancing business. And that's just, it's just a prime example of, of why you shouldn't give up in the early phases of, of trying because the dividends will pay off long term. And other than that, I think for me, it'd just be waking up on a Monday morning. You've got a week of working for somebody else ahead of you. Just, just know that you, you probably have a skill that means you don't have to do that anymore. If you're willing to put in the initial time to, to build yourself up and to, to form a business with something you enjoy doing, you can wake up on a Monday morning, get a coffee, step into your office and just work for yourself. And I couldn't recommend that you do that enough. I think it's, it's such a great idea. And I, I wish the biggest success for anybody that decides to take that upon themselves. Perfect. Thank you. Right. Well, I will leave you to get on with the rest of your day. Thank you so much, Kyle. Take care. Thank you, Hannah. This has been awesome. Once again, thank you to Kyle Lehman from Detached Media for coming and chatting with me today. And thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you're looking forward to next week's episode. I just want to apologise about the audio towards the end of the chat. I don't really know what happened. And as it's just me doing all the editing and I'm not the most tech savvy person in the world, I 
couldn't really get rid of it. I will try and get rid of it. Or if anybody's got any advice on any software to use to help reduce the background noise, then please get in touch. But hopefully it didn't ruin the listening experience for you and you were able to take away all the valuable advice that Kyle shared with us. Now, if you want to be a guest on my show and share your story, I am still taking bookings and I am back doing recordings now. So just drop me an email to hustlelikehannahpodcast at gmail.com containing your name, your business name, what your initial hobby was and a little bit about how you've transformed that into a creative business. If you're on Facebook or Instagram, drop me a like or a follow at Hustle Like Hannah Podcast. And I'm now on Twitter. So if you drop me a follow to Hustle Like Han, I had to shorten it because Twitter only lets you have a certain amount of characters as your username. But on all three platforms, you can stay up to date with information about my guests, things that go on behind the scenes, and you can get involved in little Q&As and things like that that I do from time to time. If you want to find out more about my business, go to www.hannadanieldance.co.uk or search for Hannah Daniel Dance on any social media platform. Now go out there, smash your Monday, stay creative and keep on hustling. See you next week everyone!